All right, welcome to the first episode of the series. Inspiration is everywhere. We're here with a very good friend of mine. I've known him for quite a few years. He's my barber, actually. Anthony Gonzalez, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anthony Gonzalez. Welcome, Anthony. How's it going? Oh, well, I appreciate it. It's going well. Uh, we're, you know, coming into the end of the year. Yeah. So uh, just a lot happening quick, you know. Right. But everything's good, yeah. Yeah. You enjoyed your Thanksgiving yeah, with yeah. family? Yep. Every day is a Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the whole mindset, right? Yep. Yeah. It's just the way you look at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I started this series with Inspiration is Everywhere because we tend to be inspired by celebrities, okay. athletes. And, and whatnot, right? And, or politicians, whoever it may be, it's always people that are essentially, you can say, two to three levels above us. But it came, it came to me that actually there's inspiration everywhere. There's inspiration around us, surrounding us. We just have to be able to look. And it could be your mom, your dad, whoever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I, the conversations that we've had, I've realized like, you are an inspiration for this local community and i just wanted to open up the floor for you to share your story and how it essentially all started right and i know it wasn't easy but give give a little background on how how you grew up and where you grew up and whatnot well i mean uh my upbringing was pretty unique i mean uh you know a lot of people say that uh you know they had a really hard time coming up and i think it all depends how you look at it, right? There's a lot of growing up that comes along the process. But I was born in the Dominican Republic, and then I moved here at the age of five. Um, when I was born, my mom had to come into the States, and so I stayed behind with my grandparents, my aunt, some family members, you know. And and then I came here just to start school. And then uh, at that time, you know, my, my little brother came into the picture. So for me, it was like, all right, cool. I didn't know what was mom for five years or dad for five years so it's like I come into the states it's like straight to school it's like going straight to work it's like almost like all right cool you know regular nine to five almost right. so uh yeah I mean uh that was pretty much it from like from when I was born to five and then from five to like 15 it was just kind of like traveling you know going to school and just going to the Dominican Republic every year you know pretty much it yeah you know very yeah. simple it wasn't there wasn't too much uh, unique or memorable moments, I say, right. uh, that they're still, they're still cultivated in my mind. Not really. Yeah. It was just so quick and so, right. you know, so essentially repetitive. You're, you're great raised by a single mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Most of my life. Yeah. 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 And so let's say now let's fast forward into college. Okay. Like what, what path did you take? Well, that one is even more unique. So, you know, Coming up, I was really good at observing. I was, uh, you know, I was raised by my elders, right? So my, my grandparents, and they were, they have a unique way of raising people, right? It's mm -hmm. like you don't ask questions. <laughs> you just stay there and you listen, right? So yeah. uh, I, I, I guess I, I developed a great way of observing and understanding things, kind of uh, getting to understand why things happen and how things work. So uh, I knew that I have full control of, what I wanted to be or who I wanted to be based on what I seen right? Right. and everybody as they, they grew up. So right when I finished uh, high school, 
I, I wanted to become an architect, but the architectural part was, the creative part was nice, but the, the educational part was just boring for me. Right. There was no passion to it. So uh, I went there for about a year and then, you know, I didn't even finish the first year. It was just right. like, eh, you know, it's not working. Go, go into a little more detail on like the, the education part of it. So, but, you know, I went to the school called Art and Design in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when I really was inspired by architecture because it was a school divided in different, you know, different programs. Uh, I went in there and well, I got selected to go to that school because of my sketching technique and then my artwork and stuff like that. And um, when I went in there, I seen the architectural side and I was just like, wow, that's interesting. It's like a lot of straight lines, a lot right. of creativity that comes out of, you know, you know, the students. Uh, so. You know, I fell in love with it because it was also a teacher named Miss Marks. She was amazing, uh, and she walked me through it a lot. So, yeah. you know, she let me, well, I guess she helped me pull out that creative side out of me and put it on paper yeah. and be able to see it. So um, that's where architecture came alive to me. But, you know, it was something that was like just a, for a slight moment there. Uh, I went to school just for, uh, for you know, for architecture there and, and didn't do much. Uh, I always became, well, I always knew that, you know, barbering was going to be in my life because I started that around 14. Okay. So, uh, my grandfather, you know, he, he introduced, you know, the razor to me. He was like, hey, look, this is where you used to shave, you know. So, so again, that goes back to, you know, you know, that's something that I had as well, you know. Right. I mean? It's one of those trades that I, so, that I had in the back. So, at the mind. age of 14, he was kind of teaching you on how to, how to yeah. use a straight razor and... Yep and no. fade and all that no just or did you just learn that over time well i mean think about it you imagine your, your grandfather tells you hey you know uh this is a stray razor and uh you know this is how you shave and yeah. then all of a sudden your grandma's like hey you got to find something for this kid to do and it's like my grandfather's like, oh, cool you're gonna start shaving me so ah. then so i started shaving my grandfather so it's like you can't get it wrong you can't cut him you know what i'm saying <laughs> so you're like super nervous yeah but uh you know, for me, I had a lot of education on trades along the way before I got to the architectural part. You know, like I did a little bit of plumbing. Okay. Uh, you know, my godfather, he was really good, very handyman around his home. Uh, his name was Gilbert or Gilbert. Um, he he showed me how to, you know, do things around the house, put a door, paint, put walls up, you know, compound. Uh then, you know, I did plumbing with his son-in-law. His son-in-law showed me uh, plumbing. And then his friend Johnny showed me how to do tile work. He was yeah. really good. So, again, I, I was along this, you know, along my, you know, that that portion of my life. I say anywhere from like 14, 13 to 14 to becoming a young adult. Uh, I was introduced to all these trades, in other words. Yeah. 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 So then what... Do you, do you know the particular time period where that light switch just went from, I don't want to do architecture anymore. I I want to I want to become barber. Well, again, that was uh, so, you know, just before we get to that point, you know, Miriam, my wife, she comes into the picture. Like, okay. And I was like fifteen. Yeah. You know? Okay. So uh, she was a, she was like that person that brought, I guess, I guess more attention to me. Versus, you know, like, you know, when you're a kid and you're young and you're like around family, it's like, oh, you know, that's Anthony over there, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But for her, it was like, I was her attention. Like, it was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, so I went into high school. I, oh, I finished high school right when I started college. Me and her were together. 
Uh, we was dating. Uh, I was about to become a dad before I graduated from high school. And I became a dad and everything shifted. Like, you know, even there was a point where I wanted even to join the military. I was just something that I that I admired. I, th- I think yeah. people were brave yeah. by joining the military. So uh, when the when the switch hit was because of the struggles, all right, you become a you know, a young dad. You have, you know, this this mindset of like, hey, you have to find a professional career that people consider, right. you know, professional. Right. And, and, you know, that's when, you know, I, I was working, I was going to school, <laughs> I had two jobs, I think at one point, and I had bills and I had responsibilities. So, you know, I realized that that wasn't, that wasn't making me any, you know, it wasn't making me happy. So, right. Uh, I remember this very vivid like moment where like I get off of work. I used to work at this deli, and I call my girl, which is my wife, and and I told her, hey, you know something? I'll be quite honest with you. I want to be happy, and she was like, so what does that mean? I was like, well, I told her I wanna I wanna do barbering, and she goes like, well, I really don't care what you do as long as you're happy. Uh, I'm fine with that. So uh, I said, hey, cool, all right. Great. So I kind of believe it or not, I kind of quit everything. Yeah. At that very moment, I had had school. I had a uh, had a kid, meaning I didn't quit being a parent, but you know, I had two jobs. So I just was gonna go live off of savings because I wanted to do it right. So I said, let me go get my you know my barber license. So at that very moment, it happened to probably maybe one in the morning. I got off of work and and uh, I told her that I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm stopping everything. I'm just gonna. I'm going to go into barbering and she was cool with it. She was fine. She's always been supportive. I think that was important. Remember, I was like a full attention at that moment. Uh, and she was my full attention as well. That's why I brought into the picture of what I really wanted to do. And she was on board. She was like, hey, you know, go for it. You know, yeah. do it. So I stopped everything. I stopped school. Uh, I stopped working, believe it or not. Uh, I went straight to living from savings and went to barber school. It took me about three months to finish barber school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I say that was around maybe 19 years old. Man. 19. That's, There's a that's, lot happening. Yeah. That's, that's brave though, right? Because yeah. you're having a kid on the way. Yep. And you're like, I'm not going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on this. Yeah, it took, it took three months. It's pretty quick, fairly quick for any type of other versus any other education, right? So yep. Yep. You, you finished that. How, yep. how long did it take you to get that job? Well, for barbering, you know, it's it's a unique, you know, community, right? It's like you have, you know, the license. And this is all in New York. This is all in New York City, yeah, yeah. So uh, I had a barber. uh, His name was Ricardo. Mm -hmm. And uh, amazing guy. He was cutting my hair. And I used to always ask him questions about barbering and stuff like that. But I always looked at the wall and I'd never seen his license, right? But he was an amazing barber. He was Mm -hmm. a really good barber. Great conversation. Um, very inspiring. And I told him, Hey, you know something? I'm going to go to barber school. And he's like, what you think? I told him what you think. He goes like, yeah, man, go for it. You know, you should be fine. I think you should, you should be able to pick up real quick on it. I was like, yeah, but I'm going to school for just my license. He was like, all right, cool. All right. Yeah, go for it. So I actually got my license before he ever, ever did. I mean, he was cutting hair for a lot longer than I was. Right. And, uh, and I did that in about three months, and then I was kind of talking to him and seeing if I was going to be able to get into his his establishment that he was working in, which was called uh, New Style, New Style Barbershop in, in Staten Island. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Right in New York City. It's considered the forgotten island, in other words, because <laughs> a lot of people don't know this stand and it's part of the five boroughs. Yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, you know, looking around, seeing where I was going to go. But I wanted to be with the big boys, with the big, yeah. you know, good bar- barbers, right. you know, and the you know, good establishment. So I had to kind of earn my space there. So right. people were used to seeing me, but, you know, the only person that really knew me in there was him, right? So yeah. It was Ricardo. And as soon as I got my license, I told him, and then I, I got to speak to the owner about, you know, potentially grabbing a chair in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, one thing is going to school. School is one process, but then you got to get your license. So it's like you, they give you like an apprentice. I did it all. I wrapped it all up with my master barber license in New York City in about maybe five months, all in. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, just what they call like a, you know, an apprentice in the barbershop, like a hang-around guy. Right. Guy that just comes in, you know, just sit around. You pretty much do not do much. Yeah. <laughs> so remember, you know, I still had a kid. I had a wife. Yeah. I had responsibilities. Yeah. But I believed that what I wanted to do. I was going to be able to accomplish it, right? Which yeah, is, you had that driving be, yeah, that force. Drive, yeah, I was, I was yeah. all in. And, and that's something that I tell people is like, you have to have that conviction. And it seems yeah. like at that very young age, you had it right there. Yeah. And you're, you're, you didn't have any doubt at that time. No, I'm no, sure. no, no, no. You were just like, I'm going to do this and it's going to work. Every no moment what. was a learning moment. Yeah. Every moment. I yeah. was like, even sitting in the school was a learning moment from going to like the barbershop and hanging around. It was yeah. a learning moment. Yeah. Like looking at each barber. And that's something that the owner, you know, kind of put into me. He said, uh, his name was Jose. He said, hey, you know, if you know, if you want to work here, you got to learn how to become a shadow. And I was just like, what you mean? He was like, yeah, you know, you don't ask questions. It's funny, right? It's just like my grandfather taught me. It's like, you don't ask questions, you just hang around, just look, observe, and don't ask questions. Yeah. So I was sitting there, man, and I was just looking at each barber. And kind of just seeing their technique and just kind of learn from there. And, and you, and you pick up what, what works for you, essentially, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to observe all these and I'm going to utilize all these. Nope, no. No. Nope. You, you just you pick with what you what works for you and you move from there. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, was the, the, in, the most interesting part, it was like I would sit there and I would kind of in my mind. And this is probably, you know, what what helps me a lot. It's like I start creating a... I start projecting what, what what the success will look like mentally, right? So right. it's like, how can I become successful in this establishment? And then I start looking at each and every one of them, and, and then I try to find myself in there. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I, I can start visualizing how would that look, you know, you know, two weeks, three weeks, you know, right. a year from now, you know. Right. So I start projecting my my success in the career, uh, or where whatever I do, you know by just sitting there and just observing right it's like yeah. you, know, you see the falls you see what's good you see what works what doesn't work and then you just start you know making adjustments mentally and then you start putting putting those into practice right you know so right yeah so from there you worked in that barbershop for how many years and then man uh that barbershop was unique uh I, you know, again, I was the young guy, you know, you have to earn your, you have to earn your keep almost. Yeah. Uh, so the gentleman, uh, Jose, he actually admired me because I used to be, even though they were there for quite a while, all his barbers that worked there, he taught them how to cut hair. Uh, he, he took them from different careers. Like, you know, like my barber, Ricardo used to be an electrician mm-hmm. and he said, you want to become a barber? And he just introduced them into cutting hair. So I was the only guy that kind of came in knowing something about cutting hair yeah 
and I was the first one to leave quick. You know, everybody that was in there was like five, six, ten years already invested oh, wow. into his business. And the reason I left was because I don't know. For me, it was more like it was a lot of learning. Uh, you know, I liked the the establishment. I learned a lot from the owner himself. Yeah. But once I became a barber, I became like a competi a competition for them. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, this is the new guy. So it's like, you know, we're not going to let him eat, in other words. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, you know, this is our place. We're going to show yeah. him who's boss. And that's very remember, New York culture, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very dog-eat-dog dog up there. Very dog-eat-dog. Dog. Yeah. Versus any other part of the country. I Outside looking in, that's just my perspective on just observing how the New York nature of people are versus any other part of the, the, the world, you can exclude Philadelphia because Philadelphia has kind of had that, that rough edge on them too. Yeah, man. But, so I'd stay there probably a year. Okay. Uh, probably. I didn't probably make a year. Okay. Uh, and the reason I left was because I knew that I had a lot of potential. Yeah. And, Remember, I told you I probably wasn't the best barber, but I had other qualities that they didn't have. Like I right. was the first one there and yeah. the last one to leave. Yeah, uh, that's including the owner. Yeah, uh, my station was always prepped and clean, ready to go. Uh, I didn't if, even if I didn't have a client in the morning. Yeah, I, I was prepared. I was ready to go. Uh, yeah, and I just felt like it wasn't the environment that I wanted to be in because. It wasn't like, all right, cool. It was a great establishment. A lot of people came through a very noticeable barbershop. Yeah. I don't take no credit from them. But it's not it's not where I visualized myself right. completely. Remember I right. told you when I, I looked at the picture, it was just like, mm, you know, I could see, you know, making good money here and stuff like that. But it's it's more than that for me. Right. So I was there for about a year. And then I, I went to another barbershop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then at that barbershop, how long did you stay there? There and was pretty long. Uh, it was a VIP barbershop not too far from there. So a client from the barbershop that uh, opened an establishment. And he was looking for barbers. And uh, it was funny because I didn't even know the guy. It was more like Ricardo was just like, hey, you know, this guy's opening a barbershop. You should, you know, consider it. And once I was leaving, uh, I told the owner, you know, I want to leave my doors open. And... As much as he didn't interact with me, you know, because it was more like, hey, you're just a shadow, you're shadow people. Right. Uh, he didn't want me to go. So I was just like, wait, wait a minute. So I guess what I was projecting as a barber, uh, I guess is, you know, it's possible. As I, as I knew, very cool. Like I, I have control of the, of the path that I'm going on. Yeah. Because he didn't want me to go. He was like really, and he kind of took me under his wing. Think about it as well. Yeah. He's a really young barber. Um, 19 years old and you know a lot of the guys were in there more adults and stuff like that so uh, I guess it's in some sense he wanted to you know he wanted to protect me in the industry and I understand why he told me that as well he was like hey you know not every barbershop is a good barbershop and you know over here you're around good people so I went to this other barbershop DVIP I was there about maybe two two three years almost okay yeah, so that's that barbershop was new, but I seen I, I I knew that there was a opportunity for me because uh, it was brand new barbershop, right? And and then the area that it was in, it was a perfect area. It's not too far from the ferry uh, on Victory Boulevard, so that also played the put a uh, good part on you know building a clientele and stuff like that. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then when, when did you make that shift to Texas? Man, the shift to Texas. Uh, so then from that barbershop, I went to another barbershop called uh, Against the Grain. Okay. And the owner of that barbershop was uh, Sean White. And it was a... Uh, Not was, the snowboarder, Sean uh, White, right? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, no. So this guy, man, it was unique, right? Because remember what I told you, I always, I, I'm really good at observing. And I mm -hmm. think even though I was a, a small time, you know, uh, just a short time in, in, in the first barbershop, but the second barbershop, I seen what, you know, Jose was talking about, that not every barbershop is a good barbershop. In the second barbershop, I got that. But then this third barbershop was intimidated because I was like, you know, Hispanic kid, you know, working in these two Hispanic, you know, predominantly, you know, primarily uh, driven. But this barbershop against the grain was like all African-Americans, you know. Yeah. But it was known in town because it's where all the Wu, you know, Wu-Tang would go to. Okay. So me being a young kid, being into rap, et cetera, you know, and, you know, into the New York music vibes and stuff like that, I was like, hey, man, you know, there's probably some potential. So the, you know, the owner offered me an opportunity there, and then I went into that barbershop. And again, you know, these are barbershops, these older barbershops, you know, they barbers do not move, man. They just stick around. It's yeah. like, you know, they, they build a clientele, they stay there, they don't want to go. But when I went into that barbershop, is when I is really when my career took off. I right. seen the fruit of my labor from those two barbershops, really flourish there. And again, you know, is because I think I was missing that part. I was missing, you know, learning, you know, how to sharpen my craft when it comes to like, you know, the edge ups and you know, doing really sharp beards and you know, learning how to do wave haircuts, you know. So when I was in that barbershop, I kind of. That's when I really took my profession to the next level. But then I felt like I wasn't going to grow anymore. Right. And then I, I experienced what it was like, you know, being around, you know, some famous people. Yeah. You know, but yeah. for me, that didn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. So it was my, about my books, more importantly, you know, I wanted to make sure that my books were always busy. But when it really sparked, and this is interesting, was with my wife, Miriam. She was like, hey, I don't I don't see myself in New York City forever. And I was like, well, she well, said well, that she said that. Okay. And, and that's when my career was really sparking off. You know what I mean? Okay. And being said, uh, I said, what you mean? And she was like, well, you know, we have a family and I just don't see myself here. I don't, I don't see me just staying here. And I was like, all right, cool. I understand that. So, um, let me think about it. And she was like, all right, cool. So it was that moment where she kind of told me like, Hey, you know, like we really need to move. Well, we need to do something. And we was kind of slowly moving away from the big city, mm -hmm. right? Because we was in Staten Island at this point. And we was about to have our third child. And then I was like, all right, cool. You know, let's let's go ahead and do that, I guess. Uh, so we started doing some homework, trying to find places to go, right? Okay. And, you know, first it was uh, Arizona was our first choice. And then the second choice was Florida. And then... The third choice was Texas, and it's funny because when I was doing my research, Texas always popped up as being the number one yeah. spot to go to. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't really think about you know Texas because you know I spoke to a lot of my clients out there, and I was like, there's nothing in Texas really. You know, uh, Florida, I could see potential. Arizona, I don't know much about. Yeah. So 
you know, I had to travel. So we traveled to those places. And, you know, when we came to Texas is when my wife kind of gave me the okay that this will be home. Yeah. So. But what was it that, that caught her eye when it came to Texas? Just uh, to, so where, where did you look in Texas? Because I know your, where you worked at was the barbershop in Garland. Okay. So did you live in that area? No, so it, it was interesting is, you know, social media plays a big role, right? It's All like right. I want to I wanna kind of go to barbershops within certain areas. Okay. And that, you know, I could see my work kind of, you know, take off. Yeah. Or build a clientele based on the type of work that I do. And so Garland used to be, there was, there was a barbershop there that I could kind of see myself in. Yeah. And... But there was other barbershops, but it only came down. I, I didn't mind the travel because I knew moving into these other cities, I had to, you know, it would be a longer travel in comparison yeah. to New York City. Yeah. Taking a train and a bus. So um, we we came into Dallas and then we just drove around and then we ended in, in small town McKinney and we okay. was driving down El Dorado. Yeah. And I remember that day Miriam was like looking out the window uh, it was funny. We, we, we rented a convertible. It wasn't even a convertible. It was like we got to the airport. The guy was like, hey, you know, I don't have the car you want, but I got a convertible for the same price. I was like, cool, let's get it. And got the convertible. When, you know, the, the top is down. Miriam is looking out. And she was like, hey, this is home. And she, I was like, what are you talking about? We're just, we're just driving around. And she's like, no, nah, this is home. And I was like, all right, cool. We'll make it work. But it didn't happen there, though. We, we came back home, back to New York City, and then. We already had made our moves you know, mm -hmm. to see, you know, traveled around to see where we wanted to go, including Texas. And I said, hey, you know, let's let's put it on the table and let's see what happens, you know. And then I was cutting hair one day and she calls me and she goes like, hey, you know, so when are we moving? And I was just like, but she was really persistent about it. I was like, hey, man, this is something that we just can't get up and go. She's like, we, I told her, you know, we got to take our time and we got to be sure that this is what we're going to do. So then she she pretty much hangs up the phone on me. She goes, but before she hangs up, she goes like, "Hey, we never gonna move." And she she just hangs up on me. Yeah. And then at that moment, I knew like, all right, cool. Like I need to step my game up. I gotta, yeah. I gotta yeah. do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, at that moment, I I went home and we spoke about it, and she was like, you know, hey, you know, if you could, because I was afraid, you know, it's like New York City was comfortable. Yeah. It took a while yeah. for me to build a clientele. Where at this point, I'm 22, 23 years old. Yeah. From 19, trying to build a clientele, trying to grow in the industry. There was a lot that I learned yep. to just get up and go where there's still a lot for me to learn. It was yeah. just hard. You yeah. Know what I mean, it's, it's a very difficult choice to make yep. because of what you just been through. Yep. And you know how much it's going to be to yep. just go somewhere else and just Stop. essentially start all over. Right. Yeah. And but then you got that push from your wife. Yeah. And it seems like that that played a really big role into essentially to be here where you're at right now yeah. and current currently. My question is to you is for the people out there that are married and that either have kids or hold off on having kids or question everything on having kids while pursuing their dream or even the other way around, right? Have kids and just put their dreams on hold. Like what, what made you continue to f have kids without that worry of, am I going to be able to support them? Uh, well, I mean, that my spiritual side comes into that, right? Like, I guess okay. my, my belief, I think, uh, you know, it's something that 
you don't have to worry about, right? It's like you only have control of what's in front of you today. Like you can't, you could plan for tomorrow, right? You could learn from, you know, the past, but, you know, if you're presented to, you know, with a, with a beautiful wife and a woman that is willing to give you a family that you want and she's also wanting, then I guess, you know, every kid that comes along the way is a blessing, you know, and, and if it's, and if it happens, it's, you know, it's, there's, for, there's a reason for it, you know what I mean? It's something that, that I will be able to provide for. It shouldn't right. be, it shouldn't be hard. Remember, I come from a place where you, when one person can, when one person eats, two people can eat, you know, yeah. when two people yeah. can eat, three people can eat. And then yeah. again, that doesn't mean that we were struggling, you know, as, you know, we was raising these kids or having these kids along the way. It was more like, hey, you know, like, there's enough food for all of us. Like, we're, we're fine. Like, you know, yeah. we have a roof over our head, so we're grateful for that. And, you know, and then, you know, if God is blessing us with another one, then let it be it, you know. I yeah. think for me it was more my wife believed in me that we was going to be okay, and, and, and I told her I think we'll be okay, and it was just kind of something that we both wanted, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I really didn't think about that, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's it seemed like it, it because the way you're, you're, the you're food. displaying it. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people are just like, no, I, I don't want to do it or I can't do it because oh, you can't do it, yeah. cause I have kids or I have a family or I have a wife. I have, I have this risk that you have to take yeah. in comparison when, whenever you're thinking it versus on, on having a safe family, as in under... A, a roof yeah. feeding them yeah. and so it's just like okay where are, where are the benefits i i'm not it's not worth it yeah but in your case you took it and you had that support system that helped you drive even further into pursuing your dream right yeah, yeah i mean and then I, and then i looked at my family everybody just stayed in new york city like everyone everyone you know we we were fortunate to come into the States because of my grandparents, right? But everybody just, you know, stayed in New York City. Nobody moved out. So yeah. for me, that was just like, man, I don't want to live in myself. And I, yeah. as, as I was slightly moving away from the big city because of the size of family, right? Uh, you know, we were a big family, consider, you know, considerably in, in regards to other people that we knew. Right. So we needed a bit more space. So uh, every time we had another child, it was all right. We needed a bigger place. And yeah. So we slowly was already moving away, you know, with a plan, right? You know, with a vision of where we want to be in the future. And we just knew we would get there. You know, my yeah. wife is really big on that. She's like, I just know we're going to be all right. And I'm not worried about that. I just don't. And that's, that's important to have, right? Yeah. yeah it, was that, was that one of the qualities that you looked for at that, at that age? I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't because we don't, we don't really think that way at that young age of like, oh, this is the type of woman I want that yeah. that will have this but you you just it essentially fell in your lap right because yeah. i remember you telling the story on how y'all met and you you saw her and you're like i knew you, you yeah you knew right away and yeah. you told your buddy you're like i'm gonna marry that woman yeah and you end up doing that and so you know because it always goes back to what i told you it's like you know you get like this picture and for me personally i think that you know sometimes your your visions they're like a confirmation of what's given to you yeah uh, from the most high and it's like you know it's it's up to you whether you want to grab it or not right mm -hmm. it's like so or or you along the way you will see it and you would know and i just knew by seeing her i knew that was my woman i just knew that she was going to be in my life and i know that was weird right i mean at that age at 15 who really knows who's going to be right in their life. yeah 
But then again, you know, for me, it was just like, all right, cool. Like, I like her vibe. I like how she looks. I think she's amazing. We didn't really make eye contact, believe it or not. Uh, I was a lot younger than her. So, mm -hmm. but I just knew. So I was, I was willing to go for it. So yeah. it started all as a joke, you know, yeah. <laughs> they, they thought I was playing around yeah. when I walked up to her and talked to her, but, but, you know, I just knew and I told her that and she, and she kind of seen, she looked at me when I told her that she was going to be my wife. I said, I, I went straight for the, you know, for the kill. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, all right, cool, whatever, you know, <laughs> that's funny. But, uh, but she does play a huge part, uh, in who I am today because she pushes, or I guess she's that backbone, that support uh, of, she's like a confirmation of what you yeah. really visualize. Yeah. In other words, yeah. like, yeah, you know, you, you'll be fine. Like, yeah. you know, what I didn't want to, I didn't want to leave New York City. I was yeah. like, hey man, we're, for the first time we're stable. Like we, we, we have a savings, we, you know, the family's good, we have what we need. You know, I have a great job. I have a steady clientele, very strong clientele. It's like, why would we go? And she was like, well, because if you could do it here, you could do it anywhere. Like, what you mean? Why would yeah. you? Well, I want to go. So that right there alone, you know, so that little example, yeah. that's how she is. And she'll give you like this little, it's a couple words, sentence kind of thing. And it's like, and it's like, for me, it was just like, cool. Like, if she's saying that, then I guess, I guess it's time to make a move. Yeah. So, so yeah, you do need someone that, uh that is willing to support you and you yeah. want to support them as yep. well. Right. Because yep. it's like a two way street. Right. Yeah. But yeah, man. So you decided on Texas. Texas was the, 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 the she, place that we picked. Yeah. Okay. And, and then how did you choose Dapper? So it was interesting. I, I go online. I looked at a couple of barbershops before we came here, when we was here, uh, we and stopped. what year is this, by the way? It's 2017. 2017, okay. So uh, I come down with her. We drive around. We stop at a couple of barbershops. And, you you know, I kind of know a little bit about the barbershop industry, right? So it's like you walk into some barbershops, you know if you have an opportunity or not. You mm -hmm. know? But I walked into this one barbershop, and the owner wasn't there. And I seen another guy, and he was like, yeah, you know, you know, just give him a second. He'll come right in if you want to wait. So I waited, and, and the guy showed up, and he was really interested. And then I told him where I was coming from. So he's like, yeah, man, you're, you're more than welcome. You know, like, you can start whenever you want. He said, it's funny. I just have a chair that just opened up. So if you want, you, you're more than welcome to come. So remember, I took all of everything that we, we picked up on locations and, you know, barbershop, and we went back home. But remember, I didn't make the choice when we was here yeah. personally. Yeah. She already was ready to go. Yeah. I was more like, hey, let's, you know, let's put it on the table and wait. And then she hit me with the, you know, we're not going to move and hangs yeah. up the phone. Yeah. So then at that very moment when she hangs up the phone and I spoke to her, that's when I picked up the phone and I reached out to this gentleman and I was just like, hey, you know, like, is there a possibility that I could go out there and just try the barbershop out? So before I even brought, brought the whole family here, I came down by myself. I said, okay. hey, you know, I told my wife, hey, I'll go down. I'll check it out. I'll see what happens. And I believe it or not, I came down in an, and I stayed in an Airbnb for like two weeks. And and I and I came with the intention of no return, meaning okay. like I wasn't going back. Yeah, I was going to make it work. So when, like, when you had that approach, she didn't you, you, know this. My wife didn't know this. Yeah. But when you had that approach, the way I'm visualizing is like you're now going to put your 100 percent in. Because yeah. if you if you have that, I am just gonna give some effort. You, but your heart is still in New York because you know you have that clientele already built up. You, you're stable there. It's comfortable there, right? Families there, and, so, and families there. So a lot of people 
would right that yeah. they'll they'll come here and they're like okay i'll give i'll give it a shot yeah. and you know just to please my woman or the wife or whatever it may be but your approach was completely different well you, for me personally yeah my mind yeah. was different yeah you were like i'm gonna give my 100 percent right here yeah. and there's no return i'm not turning back we're, yeah. we're, we're going full blown here yeah. and then so so it's funny so in order for me to really be committed i said to her hey you know i'm gonna need a car out there well you know i'm out there so should i do a rental and then i had a motorcycle so she was like well i mean i don't know i mean yeah you do a rental i guess and do like an airbnb and then try it out and whatever i said you know something i'm just gonna go on my motorcycle you know i said i'll just enjoy the ride but that was like my committing to this whole thing because mm -hmm. it's like it's a long drive we're talking mm -hmm. about 26 hours easy 26 yeah. 27 hours on, on a york, bike on a motorcycle from new Gosh. york city all the way to here and i just knew that if i took the motorcycle it was the first you know it was the first furniture in other words the first yeah. thing that would come over yeah and i could always leave it here and yeah. you know go back and bring the family but she didn't know this it was yeah. more like i was gonna ride here two weeks right back yeah. and then make the decision but you know me personally mentally i was like yeah yeah i'm just gonna go yeah but it was tested though that choice was tested in the very beginning of my journey here <laughs> i leave new york city i remember this and i i looked at the you know i looked at the temperature uh, and there was no rain you know it was kind of cold in the morning but it was fine and uh on my journey here i was in in pennsylvania and it starts raining oh and it was man. like 40 something degrees man and like I'm just frozen on this motorcycle, bro, and the water's just hitting me. And I pull over to the side, and I call her, and I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. There's no talk. Dang. And she was like, what you mean? She's like, man, I'm frozen. It's, it's raining. Uh, I didn't expect this. Uh, you know, I only came prepared to, you know, just be clear skies, and I don't have a green gear suit on. Yeah. Uh, if you're, I don't know if you ever rode a motorcycle, but if it's like 20 degrees, outside you know what i'm saying you're below zero yeah so if it's 40 something degrees you're like, like you know 17 degrees sharps of glass are just like Dude, cutting up your face and fingers and frozen bro. yeah i was frozen i put it like this i will almost come to a complete stop to make a turn on an exit because that's how frozen i was man so i mean at the very beginning of my ride <laughs> to texas my man I almost gave up. I'm like, I yeah. stop at this gas station. I call her. I tell her, yeah, I think I'm not going to be able to do it. And she was like, well, it's fine. Don't worry. Just like, just come back. And I was like, hey, let me call you back. And I was like, I'm, I'm in the bathroom over there at this gas station. And I'm like, my hands are in the heater or in the hand dryer. Mm -hmm. I'm just like trying to keep, keep my hands, you know, uh, warm. And then I said, no, nah, I'm not quitting, man. I'm just going to get back on the bike. I'm not even going to call her. I'm just going to yeah. get back on the bike, hop back on the highway shoot out there make it happen rain or not if it's every 15 minutes that i gotta stop i'm not even gonna pay attention to yeah. the time i'm just gonna make it happen man yeah that's where like that full you know what i'm saying like yeah because i see the vision like i know yeah. i can make it i can make it there like yeah. i can see it i can see myself in texas i can see myself working in a barbershop out here i can see my family with me but it just took that initial part right there. And mm -hmm. that part was really hard, dude. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I don't know if, you, if you've ever been in this situation, but I actually even spoke to myself, in other words, like on that ride. Because in a motorcycle, you, don't, you can't really hear music. I mean, yeah. my, my helmet, I have one of those, like, uh, you know, 
they call those like uh, those half helmets. Yeah. And it's like they call it a bullet. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't put headphones on and, and ride. You know what I'm saying? You just had to, you know, you had to hit either the wind or the bike. Yeah. So as once I got back on the highway, I was putting one hand on top of the, the twin, you know, motor just to, you know, just to get the heat off the motor. I was hugging mm-hmm. that bike like it was no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to the wind pretty much the whole way here. Just, Man. you know, thinking in my thoughts and like creating, you know, like painting this, you know, this, you know, this future in Texas. Yeah. While I was riding. Here. Yeah. And that's how all of that came about. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that says a lot because, you know, back then the industry, well, the, let's, let's put it that way. The self-help industry was different than how it is now. Now it's a, a little more driven towards visualizing. Mm-hmm. And when you now look back at all the su- successful people, that's one of their biggest steps is they visualize their, their success, their, yeah. their goal. They visualize it. That's why there's all these visual boards, vision boards. I mean, and like even Arnold Schwarzenegger is, is an example. He, he, I forgot what got him into weightlifting, but the steps that he took to get to where that the strength that he had was he plastered posters of all these weightlifters all over his room so it was essentially his own vision board right so mm-hmm. he's visualizing this and he's now he's one of, at that time or now you can say he's one of the strongest men in the world right okay. and so at, that that's very telling that you you essentially so far into your story it's a lot of vision you, you kept saying vision 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 even with your wife right like yep. she, she sees something, she, there's that vision that y'all have. So having that, that's, that's awesome. And now I also, the one thing that I believe and I tell people is whenever you're changing and whenever you're trying to hit a goal, you're going to get the craziest obstacles in the world and you're just going to want to give up. And it's, I'm glad I got to hear that part because it, it, it just reassures on what I, what I believe is is if you have that vision, if you have that drive, that universe is going to test you. And it's going to be like, do you? Do you have it? And, well, you don't. and, it, and it was tested, right? Yeah. And then you heard it from your wife. You had that support. I don't know what, because what, I, I go through those times too where I just call up my friend. And I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do this. And the next thing you know, I'm doing it. And so, but from there on, now you're in Texas. Yep. Or was there any other obstacles along the way on, Dude, was, on that on that was, road trip? Yeah, man. I think uh, I remember. You know, we're, we live in a world where we're so consumed on, you know, on what we have to do in the, on our day to day basis that mm-hmm. that you know even entertaining comes into it. It, it. it takes time from you to actually think. You know, mm-hmm. and, you know. So writing gave me the ability to also you know really get into my mind and to my thoughts and and really take out things that are taking time. Yeah. Or, you know, thoughts away yeah. and, and, and being able to see my vision a lot more clear. So, so it was an amazing ride. Uh, it was challenging just riding the bike itself. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're talking about you using pretty much your hand, both, you know, both hands, both yeah. feet yeah. along the way. I did it in two days. So Man. I left one day and I got here in the next day. Man, so That's remarkable. Uh, I did it in two days. Uh, I stayed in Tennessee that one, that first night. 
and then I, I arrived to Texas that that Monday night uh, in 2017. So uh, it was it was not much more challenging after there. Once I got to uh, I think it was Virginia. Uh, it was sunny. The sun was coming out. I was passing the rain. And I was just like I felt like I was in my comfort zone. Like, yeah. I went through that challenging that yeah. that, that moment, yeah. which was like for a few hours. I mean, three hours of just like hard rain, you know, and freezing your ass off to like, you know, you see a crack of sun. Home. Yeah. And Virginia, so I get to Virginia, I was just like, wait, I love Virginia. I don't yeah. even know about this place. <laughs> Just because it's sunny, it's not even raining anymore. It's still cold, but it's fine. I'm okay. It's like it's 40-something, but it's fine. You know, it's like yeah. the sun is out. So yeah. I was just like calling ass. And then I just did like 90 the whole way and all the way into like, you know, Tennessee. And then I stayed in Tennessee. And it wasn't challenging after that. It was just more like I was really thinking and uh, I was really, you know, projecting what, what the future will be like uh, for me and my family here. Now, at that time. Did you think you were going to build that empire? No. No. no, no it was no. it was essentially the no. same thing, essentially, right? No. It's a it's a it was a lateral move that you're essentially no. making. That was that was the mindset that you went into it. Coming here. You're, you're coming here and just building up that clientele again and just working. Moving my right? family over. And that's little it. by little you can't you, you know, you have a, an ultimate goal, right? But you right. don't you don't want to over. What was the ultimate goal part of part of nope. it essentially no nope. right it was it a was... challenge it was okay. a challenge every time that i'm challenged i feel like i sit down and i kind of <clears throat> and i kind of go back to that drawing board you know what i mean i was at this barbershop and it was like there was a moment where like there was a situation it was like very disrespectful the situation and it was just like for the first time in my life i had to like really you know take something from someone that i really didn't need to yeah and believe it or not man i just walked away like so i have now my family here Again, this is an obstacle. Yeah. And at this point, I'm maybe three months into Texas. Uh, I get a test of Texas. Uh, and I back to the drawing board. And I was like, I remember we stopped at, you know, Costco. My wife was buying some food. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to stay in the car real quick and go do what this you is, This was when you were working at Dapper. Yep. And that's okay. when I was here. And back in 2017 yeah. all 2017 yeah. and a lot happened that year and as i was i was sitting in the car i said to myself hey man this is it's not over like i have savings i, I don't have to take something from someone uh let's go find another barbershop and i didn't find anything i did not find any barbershop that i could see myself in and uh i just went into like the salon suite it's like a call it a four by four bro. yeah it feels like you're in jail oh yeah yeah i remember i remember that's that's where we connected you yeah. know and i remember i think it was a second no, cut we collect we connected in dapper yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and but it was like that was it the second cut and yeah. then you, you you give me your card and you're like dude i'm leaving and i'm i'm thinking in my head i'm like gosh dang it like yeah. i had cj uh was it no uh lewis, lewis. not cj i had lewis and then I get this barber for a couple times, and I'm like, I'm I'm a type of person that once once I get comfortable with the person, I, I stick to them. I'm like, all right, let's 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 work each other, let's work it out on like figuring out the little intricacies on getting a proper haircut. And so when I when I got that, I was like, dang. But then you're like, no no no, I have I'm opening my own business. I was like, okay cool, we're good, we're good with no. the, And that's when you had that partnership, right, with with yep. a couple of people. Yeah. And in that salon suite. Yeah. 
And I went into the salon suite again with a plan of, you know, just working with other barbers. It wasn't really a, a opening my own business kind right. of thing. It was more like, hey, you know, I'm just going to move over here. Mm -hmm. uh, and then these guys just talked, you know, they just came along with me. They were like, okay. hey, I heard you're leaving. You know, we want to come. And I was yeah. just like, I didn't persuade them. It was more like, right. hey, I'm leaving. And they're like, hey, can we come with you? Like, where are you yeah. going? And I was like, hey, yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to Allen. So I was going from Garland to Allen, which yeah. was closer to home in McKinney. Yeah. Because remember, Miriam said, hey, I like McKinney. Yeah. So I was traveling about an hour, just okay. one way yeah. every day, uh, both ways, like about an hour and 42 hours yeah. travel time, which I didn't mind, right? Because I was doing something that I loved. But then I, I, I made that decision. I went into the suites, and at the suites is where I had that partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you had that partnership with two with two other, two other people, yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, it didn't last that long. Well, nope. and it all essentially tied to the mindset, right? Yep. You you had a different mindset versus them. Yep. Now, was the mindset different because of your responsibilities, or was it be, just because of just your nature? I really don't know, man. It was weird, right? Because when we was at the at the first initial spot where we met, it was all good, right? But between us and but I, I it was a very hostile environment. That barbershop was like everybody to themselves. Almost. Right, right. But uh, but when we moved over, you know, we was friends and stuff. But before we even opened, there was like obstacles, or in other words, there were challenges between us. That was like just wasn't making sense. And I'm like a very straightforward person. It was yeah. just like right, let's talk about it because yeah. it's like. These are things that, you know, that we just can't leave, you know, behind the scenes. And it was like everything became like a challenge, you know, from the first, you know, day that we, we said we was going to open into those suites. Every single step was a challenge yeah. along the way. Yeah. And I just had a bad feeling about it. But I went in it. I was like, hey, you know something? You know, I, I, I made the choice that I was going into these suites. I'm fine. I don't yeah. have a problem. I can make yeah. it work. You know what I'm saying? Now, did the other two people that you partnered with? Did they also have a family to raise? Things? One of them did. You know, okay. she had a she had a two kids and a husband. So, okay. Yeah, but she again, I could see the passion for her work as a barber. For the other gentleman, I, I think for him it was more about the money. Right. And you know, and then for me, it's like you know, I be quite honest with you, it wasn't about the money for me. It was more about just being in an environment that I, f that I could see myself in and, yeah. and I could be successful at, uh, at building the clientele and being able to provide, right? But, but I, I really, it, it didn't last long because, I don't know if it's because the first time that they were stepping into like something individually on themselves and yeah. it's like they got power hungry. I don't know what it was. But, right. but for one of them, I, I could say it was more like, he was like toxic in a way. It was like you know, nothing didn't didn't click. Only when we went there. So, so I, I guess I was given an ultimatum. <laughs> it was like it's funny, dude. I, I leave this one barber shop, and this is all within that first year. I leave this one barber shop, go into these suites with these people, and then I'm given an ultimatum. I mean, again, this goes back to that. That well, year well, was challenging, and it well, was like well, a, the ultimatum. The ultimatum was like, hey, either you leave or we leave. So it was two against one. So this is a partnership of three people and it's cut even across the board. So you got two votes against one vote. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, it's like, I'm not doing nothing here, but just working. 
and partaking in everything that we need to do here as barbers. I mean, I don't know what's the problem, but I kind of understood that, you know, I looked at the big picture. It was like it wasn't working from the beginning. And I just didn't want no, I didn't want to take anything from that. I was just yeah. like, hey, you know something? Yeah. You guys are right. I'm wrong. I'll just go ahead and pick another room. Yeah. And ask to stay with the space. Yeah. Yeah. And I made that choice and I walked away. Like it was, it happened quickly too. It was like, you know, and I, at that point I was staying, I was telling to my wife, I was like, maybe it's just me. Like, it's like, I just need to work by myself. Maybe yeah. I got a problem. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't work in the first place. The owner gives me this, this really disrespectful comment, right? Well, he does it to everybody in there. And I just felt like it was unprofessional. And then I come into this space with these two people and then they give me an ultimatum. I was like, maybe it's just me. Yeah. So I was like, maybe I'm just meant to work by myself. Yeah. Right? So I go into this room and, and like everything just, I guess, flourished, bro. It's like when I go into this room, it's like, I think my clientele doubled almost like instantly. Yeah. Since I went from that room. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking from like the first barbershop into the, into that room with them and then into my own room and i i would like to say almost instantly like everything just like if i had let's say 400 clients yeah. on a on a quarterly basis like everything just doubled yeah not i i can vouch for that because <laughs> i was i was getting haircuts i could only schedule haircuts two months in advance huh? right like i'll i'll get a cut and i'm like all right you're I'm, I'm booked for the next two months I can fit you in here. I'm like, man, okay, that works, whatever. Yep. And that was cool because I just sat back and I'm just watching this outside, right? Outside looking in and I see this guy like that I just recently met and he just went from working at a, at a shop to partnering to now you're just flying solo and... I'll let you take it from there. Like I want, I want you to share what made you go from solo to just, bam, essentially a, a franchise. Yeah. So I think you know that moment where like, you know, like you're doing the right thing. Uh, when I moved here, I had, I had to get my license transferred, and it was hard for me, right? So I submitted all my documentations to the TVLR here in Texas, and and I almost had to go back to school, and during the time that I was transitioning from that partnership into the solo room, I had told the property owners that I'm working on getting my license transferred and they were fine with it because I had showed them documentation that I was making that transfer and mm -hmm. it was going to be fine. And then I was told by TDLR that no. So as soon as I move over, right before I moved over, I don't recall exactly, I get a phone call from TDLR and this guy calls me and he goes like, hey, I don't know if you believe in miracles, man, but... You know, Christmas is right around the corner. So now this is the end of the year, right? 2017. This is like the closing of 2017. And this guy goes like, hey, but, you know, I was overlooking your paperwork. And I see that you've been cutting here for quite a while. And he goes like, and I don't think that it's fair that we put you through the school system again to get the hours. So he said, uh, can you send me documentation showing that you've been filing your taxes as a independent contractor or a barber for the past, you know, five to six years. And I was just like, yeah. And I instantly, I submitted it to him. He calls me back and he goes like, hey, congratulations. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to approve your, your, your transfer of license. Man. Now you have to understand this is 
big difference. Like, I mean, New York City, I think, is about 600 hours, roughly. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Over here, it's like 1,500 hours. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So for this gentleman to call me and tell me that, hey, you know, we're going to, I'm going to prove this. Uh, yeah, man, for me, it was like, hey, you know, like I'm doing the right things. So, yeah. you know, it was like that one moment. I was like, cool. So I go into the room and like I told you, everything kind of flourished. Everything was kind of working. Everything was easy. It wasn't an obstacle. It was yeah. just like working. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. The logo came about. The name came about. Everything was just like just happening. I had the great people around me, people that actually supported me, friends and stuff like that, that I know they were able to, you know, cultivate some of their friends and be like, hey, you know, like this guy's looking for a logo. Boom. Yeah. You know, I got this guy working the logo for you. Hey, I think the name is great. So good feedback from my yeah. clients as well. And then, dude, about a year in, I really go down. Like I personally, I don't know if it was like, it was just me. It was just like everything was good. Family's good. Uh, we were living in, in a really nice apartment. Uh, we're loving Texas. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I think it's an amazing state. But I was just not happy. Right. I had everything. Yeah. Like I was booked out three months in advance. Uh, I was being dropped off by my wife to go to work that day. And I was just like, man, I, she's like, what's wrong? Is you look down. I'm like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like I have everything that I need, but I'm not happy. Yeah. And she was like, what you mean? And we was just sitting outside. And I was like, yeah. She's like, I, I feel like I don't belong in that room. It's just like, it's a small room. It feels like a four by four. I feel like I'm locked up. I feel like all this, you know, this me is just locked into this room with my clients. And I don't think it's fair. And she was yeah. like, what you mean? She was like, yeah. And I was like, anyway, so I let her go. I give her a kiss. I was like, I love you. Walk into the shop. And... It's really sad that you know how it is. You have your ups and downs. Yeah. And yeah. Now this is the the beginning of like 2019, I think. Uh, so 2018 was smooth ride. In 2019, I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm not liking this, right? So I uh, give her a call. Oh, she calls me that day during my lunchtime. She knew my lunchtime, and she goes like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, hey, you know, kind of, you know, whatever. Like I told you. And then she goes like, hey, babe, you'll you'll be able to figure it out. You always figure it out. You know, so it goes to that moment where she she hits me with a couple of words. I'm like, yeah, but this is a little bit different. Like, we have everything that we need. It's like, I don't know what else is to figure out. I think it's, it's just me. And she goes like, well, maybe maybe is that you're homesick? You want to go back home? Like, we could do that. I was just like, no, I don't think it's that. I just, I don't know. And then she goes like, well, and then she hits me with this. And never used this word in her life. She goes like, hey, listen to me. I was like, what's up? She goes like. You're a man of integrity. And me knowing you, you're a good man. You'll be able to figure it out. So I don't know if you'll figure it out today. I don't know if you'll figure it out tomorrow. But you'll be able to figure it out. Whatever it is, I'm with you. I support you. Bam. That's all a man ever wants to hear, right? That's awesome. So then I'm like, what she just said? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> she never talks like that, right? It's like only right. rare moments. And it's like... <laughs> Hang up the phone and say, hey, <coughs> let me call you back. Because I'm like, I'm wanting to research this word that I swear to you. I've heard the word before. Yeah. Right? I have a, an idea of what it means. Yeah. Right? And I go into the dictionary and I look up the word. Call her right back. It's like, what makes you say that word? It's like, what word? I'm like, that word you just told me when we was on the call. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? I was like, we just got off of the phone. We just told you. You said something about me being a man integrity. Oh, yeah, that word. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so, 
But when I was talking to her that second time, I'm looking up, and you remember that suite, right? Mm-hmm. I had these pictures up on the wall. Yeah. And I don't know if you recall, there was this old school barbershop picture. Yeah, yeah. And that barbershop, like all the barbers are standing behind the chair. Mm-hmm. And they have their capes on their hand. Yeah. A very professional look. And yeah. they all had their mustache, right? So I got the, the logo with the mustache. And then I was like, as she's talking to me and we're just going back and forth looking at this picture and then i'm like hey i'll call you back i got my client coming in but i'm like just dazed off on the picture and then i knew what i had to do let's open a barbershop nice sit the guy down and start talking to him about what I'm nice doing. i didn't even plan for this it was yeah just, it happened right there it happens it's it's right just there. that that flip of that switch right right there it happened right there and now, did that mentality, whenever you made that decision, did your mentality through the rest of the day or even the rest of the year change? Like, you're just like... Like a burst of energy, bro. Was it? Yeah, yeah it's like see? A burst of energy. It's, it's, it's like, completely different. And my this is, mind is like creating yeah. this, you know, this barbershop and, you know, the vibe and this and community. That vision. It was just going wild and I was just expressing it to my clients from that every moment, every person that sat down that, that knew me. Uh, I was talking to them of this dream and it was just like, you know, I'm going to make it happen. And I've always had that. I was like, those little moments where like, I, I just get this idea and I was like, I put it on my mind. I put it on paper. Yeah. I, I cultivate all the information that I need. Is it doable? What do I need? And I just went for it, bro. And it, it all helped from your wife, right? Yeah. Yep. Again, yep. just saying those few little words and it's just like, boom. Bam, you just get it. Yep. That's yep. awesome. That's awesome. I and now taking that, now you're three years in and opening the shop yep. and business is going great. And and surviving COVID, that's yep. a big one. Yep, yep. And I'm sure you've had some ups and downs on that. Did yep. did you ever have during this three year time period, like maybe I should just close up shop? And just go back to Man. me myself. So right when this whole idea comes about, you know, I had one challenge with the suite. I had this contract. Usually they don't sign you for more than a year. Or you could go from month to month, six six months. Or, you know, you could do month to month, quarterly, uh, half a year, or yearly contracts. For some reason, I had a two-year contract with these people. Sheesh. Two-year contract. And this two-year contract ended at the end of 2019. Okay. So then I'm over here sitting down. Well, I'm going to lose out if I leave at the very beginning of 2019 because that's when the idea came about. Mm -hmm. I'm putting this in in works. And and then I'm trying to tell the lady, like, hey, you know, let me just, you know, let me just leave. I've been a very, you know, consistent, you know, you know, renter here. It shouldn't be an issue. And she was, no, you got to stick to your contract. So that contract ended in October of 2019. And I opened Barbero 2019 in November. Right. So November 2019, uh, November 2nd, I remember that day, I opened Barbero. So I had everything calculated, right? So I was like looking for space, getting all the plans ready. I mean, you even helped me along the way with mm-hmm. some ideas. And I opened uh, Barbero at the end of 2019 going into 2020, which is to consider the COVID year. Yeah. And in the beginning of opening the barbershop, there was challenges, but I knew that businesses have challenged. Like going right. into it, I knew it had challenges. And the very beginning, I got hit with a couple of challenges. 
And then 2020 comes in with this COVID year. And my wife is telling me on the back of the scene, she's like, hey, babe, like, you know, this COVID thing is serious. And I'm just like, nah, it's no way. I've been barbering all my life. Like, there's no way that COVID is going to shut us down. Like, I've yeah. never heard of that. Yeah. Barbershops are always operational. Yeah. Oh, no, but this is not an economic thing. It's like, we're, this is different. I'm like, yeah, nah, I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm fine. We'll be fine. And then she calls me. She's like, hey, the president just said that. <laughs> you can shut it down. Think about it. Like, I'm so, you know, into my business and making it, making sure that it grows that uh, that I wasn't really looking at the news. I wasn't paying attention to, you know, all these negative sources. Right. I mean, right. So, uh, no, man, uh, to answer your question, no, I didn't. I, I, even when COVID happened, I wasn't thinking of sh shutting shop. Down. Yeah. No. I was like, we were shut down for a few months and I was just home brainstorming. I couldn't wait to open yeah. back up. I mean, think about it. It's almost like having a toy. Yeah. It's like, you know, a kid have a new toy. It's like, can't wait to get back in there and cut hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? And work with other people. So yeah. not even once I thought about just closing shop. Closing, yeah. That, that is very telling and it's very consistent throughout your own whole story. You yeah. just had that conviction and you weren't going to give it up no matter what came up. You're, no. you're still, and that's what a lot of people are, are essentially lacking because they, they will have that vision. No. But it'll stop right there. Yep. So to to those listeners that have that vision, now considering your whole entire story and how you were raised and all the obstacles that you faced, what is one advice that you'd give them? I tell people, you know, and this is going into 2022, our mm -hmm. current year, uh, which is going towards the end, going right into 2023. This year has been almost one of, those 2017 years for me, yeah. there's like a yeah. lot happening. Yeah. Uh, personally, business, uh, me as a man, as a husband, uh, just as a person spiritually as well, that I started looking at life a little bit different. It's like, I think it's all about how you perceive everything, right? It's like, you know, you could, you could have a very boring life, have no obstacles, no challenges, and go on your day to day and be, so like ah uh, you know like uh, whatever you know yeah uh, yeah my routine day you know yeah going to work going home eat yeah going to bed or you have a very exciting life meaning like you have a lot of obstacles a lot of challenges a lot of growing and I think I just I don't know I'm, I wouldn't say I'm addicted to that but you know coming to the second time of my life where like everything has become a challenge. Like I, I've come to sit down and observe that this is this is just life. This is, yeah. This is how life is. Yeah. I mean, we we if we don't have this, then then we are stagnant. Yes. We are. And we're not living we're, really. We're not living. Yeah. So uh, to everyone, I mean, anything, anything you do, whatever career you're pursuing, uh, whether you know you're a barber, whether you're you know an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur, just you know a nine to five guy, I think. If you don't have these challenges, then you're you're just stagnant, man. Yeah, you're not living. You're not right? living. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had gotten a perspective quite a few years ago, and they had told me, "You don't know until you're living, until you experience your lows. You don't have that perspective of a high unless you experience your lows, and that's the part of life." And I think that's where a lot of people do not understand that, that they think 
like the current state that they're at where they live in that comfortable life what like how you were living in in, in new york yeah that that that's okay they're good with that but over a certain time period you're gonna have that those challenges that you're gonna have different challenges but at the same time those are okay right but it's not really providing you that passion it's not providing you that energy it's not thrilling right and so you you essentially felt that to that point whenever you're in that tiny little suite and then that light switch went off again and now now you're just living your life exactly how you want to live right yeah so i mean it was what revealed to me today and it's like what challenges do i have today or what is there for me to learn is what i look at it like hey cool like i'm presented with this you know this challenge or i guess this obstacle and you know i'm sure i can handle it if not then you know we have a community of people that you could reach out to and be like hey you know something like i'm going through this like can you you help me with this or what kind of advices you could give me but at the end of the day you ultimately make those decisions and it's up to you uh, on how you look at it right yeah. so it's like i could get over this like i mean it's not the end of the world yeah you know? so i like how you point that out because yeah. that it really resonates to the stuff that i've faced recently with setting this up like i really just woke up one day i'm like i'm done i who cares about finding a bigger place i want to get this started and i remember going into the weekend and being like all oh, right I have time. I can go get the equipment. And I did. Now I'm like, now what? Like what do I do with this equipment? I don't even know how to set it up. I don't I don't know anything about this stuff. Like no. and the guy that will explain it to me, he was just like, Oh yeah, you just hook it up here, 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 and you just I'm just like, Okay. But now I'm like Googling stuff. I'm I'm doing my research to just set this up and then I come across I have conversations with a few of my friends. And they had to connect with another person. And it was a miscommunication that happened, okay? Mm-hmm. And so it went down from, oh, yeah, this dude is like has his own podcast, and he may be able to help you out. Well, actually, he didn't have his really his own podcast set up. He actually went somewhere else. Okay. And he gave me that contact. And I actually thought this dude just sets up podcast studios. But no, I go up to the place, and it's, it's an entire like a, a suite, and it has little podcast rooms. And we just have a conversation and he just helps me out. And like, like, this is how you want to do it. This is what you want to focus on. And it helped me out. And I'm just like, exactly what you're saying. You have that community. And when you have that community, you're able to do anything. Anything. And that's where I now like keep reminding myself whenever there's a a little obstacle that will come up. I'm like, I'm good. You know why? Because I have that community. Yeah. I have that circle that I can lean on to yeah. and I will come through this. Yeah. And so it, it has resonated essentially throughout your story so yeah. far is that you had that conviction, you had that passion and you had that vision. And then you had that community, you had that support, yeah. which your wife has played a big, a big factor. Yeah. Now to the, to, to the people that are married, what do you think that, like they 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 have that itch, but what do you think that they should do to kind of push over to where they're not they can take that risk and not just sit back in that comfort zone? Man, just taking that first step, you know, it's just like everything else. It's almost like getting married. You saying to yeah. those that are married, married, you know, like 
you know, getting, you know, getting that, com you know, that commitment, you know, uh, you got to be committed. You have to take the first step. You just said it yourself, you know, it's like, all right, cool. I just got to do this. Like, yeah. I got to get up and I got to do it. Like, yeah. Uh, that was, once you get a taste of what you just said, you're going to know that anything else that comes along the way, you just have to have the same approach. Yep. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I got this. I've done it before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that comes down to anything. Like, even people that are extremely successful, they just know. Like yep. what they need to do is for to take that first step. Yeah, let's take that first step. Once you yeah. take that first step, it's like anything that you do. Yeah, it's like that. Anything. Yeah. So for those guys that are married, man, just you know, be brave. You know, uh, you know, be vigilant. Obviously, with what you're doing, right? I mean, but you know, you don't want to, you don't want to hurt people along the way. So you have to be very careful. You know, you got to plan it out, look at it, you know, uh, sleep on it, look at it, and. And you'll know because you're, you you know when is the right move, you know, because you, you can see, you know, if you have to make adjustments, mm -hmm. uh, what you need to do. Uh, and if you don't have to make adjustments and you just see a straight path, that means that, hey, it's going to work out. Yeah. Like, so, and they, and they do come with challenges. I tell you the truth, uh, uh, I had challenges with Barbero uh, yeah. along the way. Yeah. And in the business. And, and I thought about, you know, while I was operating at the barbershop. Uh, just because of how selfish some people can be, you know, and, you know, just people in general, just just the barbers that I've, you know, had in my business that I even thought about. I was like, man, maybe this is just not for me. Right. Yeah. But it's yeah. like but then I looked around the room and I'm like, man, but I have some people that are really passionate. They yeah. really believe in yeah. this. And then I have these clients that come in here and they really love what we're doing. Right. Mm hmm. So it's like, eh, no, maybe I just don't have to pay attention to those selfish, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Single thinkers, you know what yeah. I mean? So, so it's taking the first step, you know, for those guys that married, uh, just like their marriage, just like having a kid, you know, it's like, you know, taking that, you know, taking that approach with, you know. And not, like a, not really not put that focus on that risk, right? No, nah, yeah. Put the more focus on you're following your, your passion and you that. Know, that vision, you That know? vision, that intuition that you're having. Like, yeah. follow it. Go for it. Yeah. Try it. Get that first step out of the way. And, and then the second step is, is just like the first yeah. step. Yeah. And the yeah. third step is just like the first step. And it's not going to be perfect, right? No. That's, I think that's where a lot of people get, like, that common misconception is, oh, it has to be perfect. No, it doesn't. No. Nope. Like, with anything, I would say, for, for example, purposes, was your first haircut that you gave perfect? No. It, it took time, right? It yeah. took, and I, that's one thing I've learned recently is, is that it takes everything takes time to to build that craft it takes time to find the right person to work in your shop it takes time i'm time. sure i'm sure you've hired some really bad barbers but you're you're giving them their chance and opportunity but they're not showing up right no but you you learn from there you live and you learn right you do you, you do you live and you learn and i think uh you know, again, you also serve as an example, right? In the community, yeah. in the business that you're in, in your podcast, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what makes him unique, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so you serve as an example. So you want to, you know, you want to give, uh, you know, what makes you unique uh, all the time, right? So, I mean, for me in my setting, in the barbershop that I'm in, in the community that I'm in, I, you know, I always hold myself really high because I want to make sure that I can hold myself accountable me myself accountable if I've done something wrong. So as a father as well, as a, as a, as a barber, as well as a business owner, 
when I'm wrong, I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, hey, look, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna make these adjustments. Yeah. Let's move forward. Like, yeah. Let's let's take that 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 initial step of yeah. moving forward. And again, that goes back to everything that I do is like that, you know. Perfect. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. Well, I, that's all I had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thank you for sharing your story. Yes. Hopefully, the people out there are empowered by it and to take something from it and and apply it to their life and so and they pa- follow their passion and and follow their dreams and goals yeah and, and become successful like you do you have any last words for anyone out there it could be anything that you want to say um i say this to you actually uh you know based on what you just told me you know what you're doing it's only there for those that are meant to see it yes it's meant to hear yeah. it it's yeah. meant to be part of it um, the reason I say this and anybody can apply this is because I've been in a situation where I tried to get people to be part of something that they can't be part of or that they don't want to be part of because it's not in their path, in their mm-hmm. will, right? Mm-hmm. But for you, what you're doing, it's for someone out there yeah. to listen to or to be part of. Yeah. The same thing for what I'm doing. Yeah. And all of that comes together, right? Yeah. And. And that's not in your control, to be quite honest with you. That's why I told you it comes down first to you on what you want to do. And once you have that plan and what you want to do, go for it. Give it your best. Let it be unique. Let it be, you know, as unique as it is, it, it defines you yeah. on what you're doing. Yeah. And it will reach the people that it needs to reach. Yeah. Just, that's that, that's yeah. out of your hand. Yeah. So that's, because, that's exactly the approach I'm taking because yeah. a lot of times I, I think... Like, man, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have this type of impact. And I'm like, this is not for everyone. It's not for everyone. The, the, this is for the people that want, want to learn and want to want to grow and want to be. And, and the reason why it came to this point is because just me sharing a couple of my stories inspired a couple of my close friends. And one actually just finished up school. Yes, he's finished up school. I recently talked to him and he's, he's working. He got hired on to Lockheed Martin. What? Yeah. Nice. He he was working with. He's an engineer. He's he just graduated with a mechanical degree, mechanical engineering degree, and so he he got inspired by the story that I shared with him and on all the all the stuff that I went through, and he quit he quit the job. We were working together. He quit the next day. He's like, dude, you just inspired me. I'm going back to school. Yep. Graduate from UTD. Lockheed Martin. I'm like, wow, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, and then I have another buddy that he's 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 balancing. He's working and going to school, and he wants to become a, a structural engineer. I'm like, go for it. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. And so that's where I've learned over the years that the people that want to learn, they will want. They they will show up. Yeah. The the ones that are just here to just kick it, more power to them. Yeah. But this podcast is not for them. Nope. And so that's where I, 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 that's the approach that I take. And I appreciate you sharing that perspective because it's always good to hear that reassurance. Yep. Like, am I taking that right approach? And so thank you, Anthony. Thank you for the, you, the, the yeah. kind words. You take care. I and I appreciate you. you coming on. Yeah, brother. And appreciate you. See you later. <laughs> Bye.